Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd with the How to Live Podcast Uncut. Today I'm here with uh, Stephen James, who is the Executive Director for Sage Hill Counseling, and he and I have written a book called Hope in the Age of Addiction, which we believe is very important, not just for the time we live in, but for the times we have lived in. So we have a series of podcasts we're going to be presenting, so I hope you enjoy them and benefit from them. Thank you. Hey, Chip. Hey, Stephen. How you doing, man? Well, you know what? I'm doing great. That's great to hear. It, well, it's not really true. It's not true? Not I don't completely. think anybody's doing great right now. Yeah. it's well, Actually, you know, I, I'm scared. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful, but I'm scared about what's happening in our society right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got this new book out, Hope in the Age of Addiction, How to Find Freedom and Restore Your Relationships, uh, Ravel Press. Um, and we're, we're doing a series of podcasts, or we're going chapter by chapter talking about uh, this this pandemic of addiction yeah. and how it's destroying us from the inside out. Yes. Right? And how it's an ancient problem. And literally, societally and individually yeah. from the yeah. inside out. Yeah, inside it's out. like being eaten alive. Yeah. And, right. and it's an ancient problem, but there's it seems to be there's a moment in time where it, it might be worse than it's ever been. Yeah, tipping point. Tipping point from an addiction standpoint. Uh, we have a chapter in the book called The Invisible Dragon, yeah. right? Which is a little poetic and metaphorical. Which we wanted, just like the parenting book, we wanted to call it Giraffes on Ice. Yes. And they said, no, thank you. Yeah. And then we wanted to call this one The Invisible Dragon. And they, they said, said no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Which, so Hope in the Age of Addiction is yeah. great. People love the cover, by the way. Yeah, it's a great. I love the cover. The, they did great. Of all the books I've written, this is my favorite cover. It's a great yeah. cover. In fact, that's what people say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of all the books. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no. That's what people are actually saying. Great cover. Oh. I've heard that. So we we talk like so. It's a metaphor we use to describe this this invisible, uh, powerful beast that's roaming mm-hmm. and that's always present and is ready to devour us yeah. at any given time. It can come into your house, no matter how you seal it. It can find a way to get into your lives, no matter how you practice avoiding it. Mm-hmm. Because until you face the thing that it trains us not to face, and it, it's going to get us. Yeah. Now that's scary. It's super scary. Yeah. And it, it yeah. It's so, and the, it's but, like, you know, those horrible movies that never show the monster. Oh, like Hitchcock was, it, was famous for right, doing movies. Or was that it didn't the Blair the Road or Blair? Blair Witch. Blair Witch. I mean, yeah, I didn't they, see that. Okay. But some, it's like they never showed. Yeah. They just ran from it. Yeah. Right. Because once you show it, it's not as scary. Uh, exactly. Right. But this is. Yeah. Yeah. And it isn't. Yeah. There's a solution to it. Uh, but it's a destroyer. Yeah. So th- there's two things that, that we talk about in the book, the book Hope in the Age of Addiction. There's yeah. two things. I'm going to keep using that joke. I think, well, I think Hope in the Age of Addiction is a great title. Yeah. There's two things we talk about that kind of feed the dragon, right? And, yes. And we say that, that denial and dissociation yeah. are the kind of the two primary things that feed the dragon of yeah. addiction. And now that that denial and dissociation is both personal. Yeah. Right about the problem of addiction, yeah. and it's also cultural. It's about it, the problem. It's, it's like a step step up. It's like personal, familial, yeah. Then uh, outside relational, then neighborhood, then culture, yeah. Then nation. I mean, it's it's like a 
a movement. Yeah. And th- these are the two substances that the dragon feeds on in order to like eat the hearts of people. Right? Yeah. You know, Stephen, a, a great analogy to the invisible dragon, not to a, a, a word picture for it, is remember the emperor with no clothes? Yes. And the, the, the one child out of all the crowd, uh, when the emperor came out and was, was naked, yeah. right? And all the people are applauding as they're supposed to, out of touch with, in denial, and dissociated from how they're made, which yeah. we'll talk about. But this little child, almost like the, the way Jesus says, let them come unto me because they get it, right? And, and this little child says, but daddy, uh, he's... He doesn't have any clothes he's naked. on. He's naked. Yeah, he's, he's, he's naked. And the father looks at him like, you are a bad child, or shocked, like, how dare you say something like that? He had broken all of the rules of the system. Yeah. And then everyone starts staring at the child, and then the float stops where the emperor is on, and then someone dares to dare to look, paying attention to what the child said, and before you know it, the emperor's turned red and running. Because they woke up, they came out of denial. Yeah. So some, so th- we're hoping this book is that child. We're asking people to take a willingness to look at this book as a child has said, but that hurts, or that's scary, or that's sad, or what are you doing that for, or how come that's like that, or how come you're leaning over the commode vomiting because it doesn't look like you have well, the I flu. Think one, of, <laughs> one of the hard things when we think about addiction. Um, is addiction's bad. Like it's it's bad. It kills people. It like slavery. People. It's like slavery. It means slavery. Yeah. yeah. And there are really, really good, well-meaning people who who find themselves trapped in the lair of the beast. Yes, the idea of standing in judgment. I mean, the emperor wanted to belong. Wanted to matter wanted to be important, wanted people to believe that he was what he appeared to be. Yeah. He'd been trained to have to carry a certain responsibility of appearance and and, and productivity, <laughs> and yet he didn't know what to do with the fear of not measuring up. He didn't know what to do with the difficulties of loneliness. He didn't know what to do with sadness. So bad uh, uh, addiction in and, in and of itself is not about bad people. Right. Addiction is a terrible illness that happens to people who don't know what to do or don't have an avenue to deal with how they're created. So let's talk about how we use denial to cope with having to deal how we're created. Right. So we're created as emotional, spiritual creatures. Truly are. To live fully in relationship. Yeah, even neuroscience has begun to back that, that up. Everything backs it up. Now. It really has, yeah. finally, right? And when we're not living fully in relationship, or even when we are, like it's it's painful and it's beautiful and it's painful and it's beautiful. Yeah. And we don't like the painful. Yeah. We certainly don't like the movement between painful and beautiful. Right? right. Right. So we just want to have, I feel good. I want to be comfortably numb. I, I want to have the the good, good, beautiful, wonderful, rich existence of life that any of the pain of life. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, like being on a roller coaster that's thrilling, but makes you want to throw up all yeah. the time, but you never get off. Right. Yeah. I just want yeah. the thrilling part. I don't want the down. <laughs> yeah. I just want the, I want the tip of the hill. I, Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about denial for a second. Then we'll talk about dissociation. Yeah. Right. So these are the two defenses that addiction uses to stop us from seeing and feeling the consequences of what's happening in our lives. Yeah. Right. So denial, we write in the book, has five characteristics. So yeah. we talk about these and you kind of illuminate them yeah. a little bit. Don't see, don't feel, don't need, 
don't speak, don't trust. Let me say that again. Denial works in five ways. Don't see, don't feel, don't need, don't speak, don't trust. Yeah. Talk a little, I'm going to go through those again. So when we say don't see, yeah. like we literally mean blind. Like, denial, be- denial, the word it, it translates really literally means blind. And so it's not deny as in I'm lying. You're denying that. You're denying that. No, we, we mean lying, but denial really means I'm blind. I cannot see. I can't see the emperor right in front of me who's naked. I can't. Like, yeah. And, and so what is so powerful that we can make us blind? And it turns out the, that addiction has a foundation. It has to stand in, in, on something. It has to be built on something. And all the research has shown over the past really 45 years that addiction has a foundation, it can only stand on top of the defense of denial. People around the addict, including the person who's addicted him or herself, has to be in denial. You have to be in denial. Otherwise, you're going to point a finger and say, you're sick, something's wrong, this isn't okay. So denial says, like, pretend like you're the addict, and both of us have come from places where we're very, very familiar with addiction. But children are trained because children are emotional and spiritual. They crave to belong and matter, just two primary needs out of many, yeah. many needs. And they hunger to be connected. They hunger to to have that bond. And grownups never outgrow that. You never outgrow it. I mean, I, you, we've worked with, with you know, I've worked with fathers and sons. I remember father's 74 years old bonding with a 54-year-old yeah. son, and he had the same need of his father as a seven-year-old would. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't end. You can't outgrow your humanity. You can't outgrow your desire, craving to be connected to the people who are your blood. Yeah. So in the family that is already controlled by the invisible dragon, the child is trained not to see what he sees because if he sees what he sees or she sees what she sees, she's going to say something, right? How come? Which we'll get to that. So if I see something, I'm going to feel something. Like if you the second one. So yeah, if you don't yeah, see, then I don't feel. Yeah, it. exactly. So if you see a car crash on the side of the road, it's like, oh my goodness, there's a car crash. And then you have feelings about the car crash. And then you have a need connected to it. Do you know, so I've got the, the, the need to belong and matter. And I see something that might lead me to rejection or humiliation, yes. right? Loneliness or yes. shame. Then I don't want to see that. So I don't have to feel Loneliness shame and shame, or, loneliness, yeah. right? or fear, or because fear, fear is a, a feeling that makes us cry out. Yeah. So I've got to not see what I'm looking at, so I won't feel the fear, and then the fear is going to make me cry out in need for security. And I've trained not to do that because uh, it, it hasn't helped. In fact, it created the opposite. So I know not to talk about what's actually happening, because mm-hmm. if I talk about it, I'm going to trust that somebody's going to do something about it. So denial shuts down the creation of God. Denial actually demands that we foreclose on the truth of how we're created. So we're already set up at that point. If you have the genetic susceptibility and you're raised in an emotionally unavailable circumstances, you're not, you're trained to belong and matter by being fake. Yeah. Which is, and, and denial is required to sustain fakeness. Yeah. Create a false self. Somebody says, hey, are you, you know, I, even I would hear it say, does that hurt you? And I say, no. Are you scared? Uh-uh. Is that sad? Mm-mm, no, I believe too much for it to be sad. And, and denial <laughs> makes us create credos, a vows, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Like um, uh, the vow, be strong in body, mind, and spirit. That's how you get through life. Uh, 
uh, uh, it's where we get all the stoicism. Yeah. And we get uh, the the redneck aphorisms. We've got in the book we say. If your life was as hard as mine, you would blank too. Yes. Right? That's a mantra. Yeah, and a child hears that and the child feels ashamed oh, of, of his or her own needs. The only time I get a break from stress is when I blank. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and that's, yeah. The, that's the supporting my own denial, which justifies me having the right not to feel. Yeah. What happened to me wasn't that bad. Minimizing the truth of what happened so we can avoid the grief because we don't know what to do with it. And- a lot of times, if the grief is old, like from childhood, when we start to grieve or feel feelings about what actually happened, we feel like we are betraying the family, that oh. we are- well, You are. We're, we're, see, the truth is you're not. You're betraying the addiction. You're, you're betraying, betraying the code. The yeah, you're betraying code. the code. You're betraying yeah. a denial system, really setting people free. Yeah. You know, the emperor has no clothes like the emperor was set free. Yeah. And the, the fake tailors had but, to leave town that, fast. But, yes. <laughs> What do, this is the stoic one. What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Stoicism it actually makes you more rigid and less flexible. Listen, not the, the idea, that Stephen, that and stoicism's in vogue right now. It's cool. Okay, right yeah, you have to educate me on that because you know stoicism is a joke. And the reason, let me say that. Let me say this really quickly. That stoicism appears to be a highly sophisticated cognitive structure of managing the warp and woof of the difficulties of life, yeah. right? Long sentence. The philosophy of rising above. Right. Yeah. And so the highest achievement stoicism really is detachment and apathy to not feel. Yeah. And guess what? Every redneck I've ever grown up with already is the best stoic you'll ever meet. You they can say that because you're a redneck. Hey, you got it. You bet I can't. And, 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 and this, is what, this is what we say. Hey, man, it all comes out in the wash. Don't water. let it bother well, you. Well, it's the next one. It's water under the bridge. Water under the bridge, man. Hey, 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 you can't take the heat, bro. Get out of the kitchen. Oh. I mean, that whole thing. And this one. Even if, those euphemisms are a way of not telling the truth. Exactly. You know? I'm telling you, so, so this oh. sophisticated philosophy of stoicism is a joke. That every single one of us who has a wound and has a, a fixture on denying it uses. Well, and then there's the other side of it, which is like a, a hyper, um, like sensitivity almost is like they did the best they could. Yeah, they did the best making. they could. Excuse making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a which they may have been doing the best they could. Yeah. But when we use that to minimize our own internal experience, yes. it sets us up for addiction. And to 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 uh, uh, rob a person of needing to do the hard work of amend making, too. So now we're talking kind of like uh, all of us who are raised in the addictive atmosphere. And the addictive atmosphere isn't just that your mother was an alcoholic. The addictive atmosphere is being raised in a place in which feelings were, weren't processed. You didn't have the freedom to say what you saw so you could feel what you felt, so you could need what you need, so you could talk about what was going on inside of you to learn how to be resilient and to learn how to develop tolerance for vulnerability. Well, and you couldn't trust that people would show and up. And there's like the, the, the continuation excuse making is like making myself the problem. Like like it was all my fault. Yeah. I should have tried harder. Yep. I should have known shoulds. better. Absolutely. So we start shooting ourselves from a right. very young age. Very young. Right? Because we're in that addictive culture. Yeah. And right? it's all driven. It's not driven by badness. And it's not driven by uh, something deformed in us. All of that's actually driven by goodness. Because the way we're created in heart is to hunger, to be cared about and safe with another person. Yeah. Especially our true caregivers. 
And so we will do anything to have that experience of belonging and mattering, including, and this is the great paradox, getting rid of ourselves. Yeah, we'll abandon ourselves in order to belong. Yes, to yes. And so the, the, when we get to a place where we go, you know what? I can't trust that I will be loved for who I am. And all of a sudden that sort of expands into cultural society, our relational world mm-hmm. in school and so on. We still have the craving to belong and matter. So now we're going like, I've got to find a place to go that comforts that place that isn't bad that in relationship. It feels like belonging and mattering yeah. without the risk of belonging. Yeah. And so really now we're talking, we haven't talked about dissociation yet, but we're talking we're about, about to. Yeah, two, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about two, two territories already that the book begins to unfold is that one, we're created as emotional and spiritual creatures and we're created to crave fulfillment. Yeah. And two, we find it in relationship. So now we're not talk- our accomplishment. No. And now yeah. we're talking about the solution to uh, addiction is emotional attending and education experience and relationship. And, and no addict comes from a place where those two things were occurring. Yeah. You cannot become addicted if you, you came from a place where that was, where feelings were processed and relationship was assured. Can't happen because you can't be in denial. Right. Yeah. So the other, the other thing that feeds the dragon. So you got denial. And you also have this this tool that we use, and sometimes it's even a gift called dissociation. Yeah, right. Yeah, even denial. I'm glad you said gift because both of those are gifts, aren't they? They yeah. protect well, the child. Let us get through hard things. Yeah, and, like you know. Yeah, and they're helpful, like in a car crash. Yeah, denial and dissociation. You're not there to I'm not here right now. House fire. Yeah, you exactly. need to be able to be dissociative go. to go save the baby inside go. the house. Right. Go. Yeah. So you know, so during times of stress and trauma. We can disconnect from ourselves, right? When things are too difficult just to operate, right? And that's yes. dissociation. Yeah. Like the classic example is you've ever driven your car and you end up at the place you were going, but you actually don't remember driving there. Yeah. That's dissociation. Yes. Your mind's gone somewhere yes. else. Than Truly where, preoccupied where with something else. And the more traumatic and stressful an environment is for somebody, the more likely they are to be dissociative. Yeah. Right. And the more, and, you know, the, the sense of trauma where someone's invading and we can't make meaning of what's going on and our psychology can't keep up with what's happening around us. We have a, a psychological mechanism that like pulls the ripcord and we just parachute out yes. into daydreaming. We go to Mars. Yeah. Go to Mars. I mean, you'll, you'll see a child who's a lot of times being yelled at. Either they will like freak out, which means they're still there enough to, to, be, to act yeah. helpless, or they go to Mars. I mean, it's like you can shake their bodies, but they're Or not. a husband whose wife's. Telling him to do something, he's like, uh-huh, but he's not listening. You know exactly. It's like he's, I'm not here. But but it, it but d- d- dissociation is a secondary result. Dissociation, you have to have denial to to be able to support dissociation. Well, what I think of it is is when denial stops working, then I've got this like nuclear weapon that I can use to pr- try to protect myself yeah. called dissociation. Yeah. Right. I'll always go to denial yeah. first and then I yeah. go to dissociation. Yeah, it's a secondary backup. It's, it's, and it's powerful. more, more powerful yeah. than denial. And the purpose of dissociation is so I will not experience myself and my surroundings as emotional or spiritual. Yeah. To avoid the pain of living at that Especially moment. Especially. If we don't have someone to go to to help us bear the pain, we're yeah. not made to bear the pain alone. Amen. Right? Amen. And so when we don't have somebody and our denial stopped working, 
we don't have a, a person or a God that we can go to that can bear the pain with us of our life. Yeah. We dissociate. Yeah. And we go away. Yeah. And when we're, we're in denial and we're in dissociation, we are primed for a substance to take in or behavior to do that that gives us a sense of being accepted and belonging yeah, and connection without comfort. really having to yeah. risk the threat yeah. of being rejected. Yeah, addiction or, actually or betrayed or numbs, anesthetizes, stuns, or even excites uh, the uh, relational region of the brain. So I mean, it works. So let's we'll end this this episode with with this and just take a couple minutes to talk about this. That the way out of denial and the way out of dissociation is for us to begin to ask the most important question, mm-hmm. right? In the book, it's the Hebrew word aika, which means where are you? We mm-hmm. talk about that word mm-hmm. aika for a second. Yeah, I just will end with that. Uh, in the garden, uh, uh, God comes into the garden after we used our brains to hide our hearts mm-hmm. instead of using our brains to express our hearts. Mm-hmm. Did God really say the deceiver? Yeah. I ask. God comes into the garden and, you know, um, omnisciently already knows what's going on, but relationally experiences what just happened. Okay. So he literally says the word Ayika translates into English, where are you? That's very simplistic. Ayika in the Hebrew world still used today is a lament, like the beginning of a dirge, a death has occurred. And, <clears throat> and, and God says, where are you? Woe, lament. Where are you? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Where oh, no. are you? Where are you? And it's a question of about the insides. And so the answer has to be from the inside out. And what was amazing was the man said to God, I was afraid. Confession from the relational heart of a person. Mm-hmm. So I hid admission of what happened mm-hmm. and willing to step into the abstinence of not living like that so they could have the life they were made to have. And instead of rejection occurring, God began provision, a provision relationship, relationship again. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. it's a long road to redemption. I get that because you know, the first two chapters of this Bible are amazing. The last two chapters are great. And the rest is struggle. But the rest is a book that tells us tremendously how to live in the struggle, mm-hmm. the cause of the struggle, how to, to be free from uh, uh, the struggle overwhelming. It's not freed from the struggle itself. Mm-hmm. And it means to bring your heart to the God who made you and bring your heart to the people who you live with. And that, this is a direct line from the book, therein lies the ancient doorway to liberation and conversely the answer to how we become enslaved. Yes. It's not asking the question, where am I? Yes, where am I? And where and, can I go with where I am? Yes, and so which means which means to actually tell the truth about the heart to someone who understands what that means And in that is the beginning of a connection that could last. Thanks, Chip. Thank you, Stephen. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening.